Attention, patriots. Broadcasting from the free zones, Radio Free Redoubt begins in 5, 4, 3, 2... Good evening, God-fearing, liberty-loving patriots on this fine Sunday evening here in Patriot-held territory. This is episode 22-25, the 25th podcast of 2022. Uh, Hopefully you guys had a blessed week. Welcome, ultra-maga patriots. Great to have you with us. Tonight, after news and commentary, I'm going to talk about a trend that I... I see coming on the horizon and it is not out of reach for the trajectory that we are on for pure demonic, evil, insane uh, trends and where we're headed in the world. Uh, You're going to see cannibalism coming, I believe. And I'm going to talk about why. I mean, already they're setting us up to accept eating bugs because beef and pork and other things, large agriculture is, is, is not sustainable. It's just, it's just not. Uh, we got to fight climate change. We need to all buckle down and make sacrifices. And so now they're moving to getting us to eat bugs while they eat steaks. But... I'm telling you, cannibalism is coming. So uh, I'll talk about that and why. And then in segment three, uh, we're going to talk about one-time pads. Secure encryption that you have total and complete control over, which is unbreakable. It is unbreakable uh, if it is done correctly. And so uh, we're going to talk about that the resources that are available to you to learn how, because there's going to be a practical exercise. We will be putting out a numbers string this evening that you will be able to practice decoding. Email me with the correct answer, and uh, we'll have uh, we'll have a small drawing just as a way of uh, rewarding uh, one of you for participating. But all of you will be rewarded because. It's great training and great exercise. Uh, it's a great exercise, and it's great training. It's a good skill to have, especially in the times ahead, when they are they are really going to be tightening up the the cinch on any type of encrypted communications that they don't have access to. And uh, I have an example of that too that I'll be mentioning in segment three. So first, let's get to the news and commentary. The news and commentary brought to you by Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher and the Prepping 2.0 podcast to help get your preps to the next level. They're talking about a lot of things, food shortages, uh, expected power grid failures, and the like. So uh, check them out. Prepping2-0.com is the website, and that's where you'll also find the information about the Missoula Palooza next weekend, next uh, July 30th. In Missoula, Montana, 
uh, Patriot Gathering, Lady Liberty, and I will be speaking at that event. And uh, it'll be a good time. So it's nothing uh, super formal or anything like that. It's just it's going to be a Patriot Gathering, and we're going to have a good time. So uh, looking forward to uh, seeing some of you guys there who are able to make it. All right. This is what judgment looks like. Because there's just no explanation for being this stupid as a nation. Everything this corrupt regime does makes our enemies stronger and makes us weaker, which emboldens the enemy. And it just is a vicious cycle. But President Trump warned about this. Uh, if you remember, uh, from We Love Trump, listen to this. China placed, China placed Huawei equipment atop cell towers on purchased farmland near rural U.S. military bases capable of capturing and disrupting nuclear arsenal communications per FBI investigation. What? The FBI actually investigated this? I'll bet Biden doesn't know about it. Who remembers President Trump's warning about Huawei? Or Huawei? It's H-U-A-W-E-I. They're prolific... Uh, internet routers. A lot of you have them in your homes. Get them out. If you have a Huawei router, get rid of it. But this, we have been warning, there's, you just can't get this stupid to allow a Chinese, communist Chinese company to purchase hundreds of acres of farmland next to a military base. This is not once, this is at least twice that we know of. Uh, Texas, last year, same thing. A retired general from the Chinese Communist Party Army, the People's PLA, purchased a mass of thousands of acres near a military base. Now, from an FBI investigation, I can't believe, I can't believe they had time to investigate this because they've been so busy investigating patriots that were trying to prevent their their country, their government from being overtaken by a coup, and now they're busy investigating and prosecuting. Maybe they're not investigating them anymore because now it's just now they're just sitting in jail and they're just they're, the prosecutor took it from there. So maybe that freed up some time. But I'm I'm surprised they're even allowed to investigate this. But if you remember, in 2019, the Trump administration added Hawaii Hawaii technologies to a trade blacklist. The Trump administration, and this, this is when this came out in 2019. This is what CNBC reported. The Trump administration on Thursday added Huawei technologies to a trade blacklist, immediately enacting restrictions that will make it extremely difficult for the company to do business with U.S. counterparts. Let me tell you something. The Communist Chinese Party-owned uh, electronics technologies is not a counterpart to United States technologies. They're not, they're not a counterpart. They're adversaries. On Friday, this is the continuing on. This was this from 2019. On Friday, the U.S. Commerce Department said it was considering scaling back restrictions on Hawaii, Hawaii to prevent the interruption of existing network operations and equipment. It was not immediately clear on Sunday whether Hawaii Huawei's access to mobile software would be affected. So they were all concerned that it might disrupt 
uh, current the access, internet access, network access, it should disrupt it. They should have disrupted it immediately. You know what? Go down to, I don't know, any of these box stores or get on line and order another router. But anyway, the extent to which Huawei will be hurt by the U.S. government's blacklist is not yet known as its global supply chain asset assesses the impact. Remember, this is pre-COVID. So they're all worried about uh, the supply, you know, the, disrupting the supply chain. Well, they, they hadn't seen anything yet. There are already 35 companies that the Pentagon, under the orders of President Donald Trump, has added to his blacklist this 2020, including Huawei, uh, Hike Vision, or China Telecom. What in, the, what in the world are we even doing in rolling this Trojan horse into our gates anyway? This should have never been to a, allowed to have happened. It had to have happened under the 44th uh, president who shall not be named under his administration. It had to have been because Trump was just like he brought the axe, the hatchet, getting rid of uh, getting rid of these. If you remember, Lady Liberty and I talked about this on the morning commute, two point six million dollars for 300 acres of farmland in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Uh, that's how much land that they bought right next to one of our air bases, which is uh, actually it's a it's a drone base. So they could be capable of, well, not only having access to uh, very sensitive information, but also our, our nuclear arsenal, any uh, re information related to that. So uh, from the counter signal. Get this. You guys, we covered Sri Lanka fell, right? It fell, it collapsed uh, due to a whole number of variables, but food shortages, power outages, uh, skyrocketing fuel prices, and their economy just imploded on itself. Well, Sri Lanka now has a new president that's been nominated. And guess what? He's a member of the World Economic Forum. So the World Economic Forum is continuing with this great reset by placing puppets in these various different leadership positions. Sri Lanka was the first to fall. Where the, they're, they're not the first to have a World Economic Forum puppet put in, but the first one to be to replace the previous before it collapsed. This guy's name is Rainil Wickramensinghe. He spearheaded the green push during his time as prime minister, uh, that has led to the fuel crisis currently besieging the pockets of Sri Lankans, this article says. So this guy was pushing this green energy garbage. And this article states, due to his strict commitment to environmentalism and ESG standards. Now, if you don't remember what ESG is, this is this new thing that they're, that they're uh, pushing for rating a rating a country on it's given it a scorecard so sri lanka th this guy penned another article when he was prime minister for the world economic forum back in 2018 this guy's now just been appointed as the new president by the parliament of sri lanka back in 2018 he wrote another letter uh one of the letters that he wrote boasting of the country's progress and stated that he would, 
quote, make my country rich by 2025. Really? So, due to his strict commitment to environmentalism and ESG standards, Sri Lanka was given a nearly perfect ESG score of 98.1 out of 100 by World Economics. That's the World Economic Forum. If you guys don't remember, we covered this. The ESG is the Environmental, Social, and Governance Score. The World Economic Forum gave Sri Lanka a raving review, scoring them 98.1 out of 100. Even as signs the country was going bankrupt were as clear as day. Everybody could see it. So now everybody's going to be clamoring for this coveted high ESG score, environmental, social, and governance score, that is actually, uh, it's a cyanide pill. Candy-coated. So, anyway, uh, quite a bit here in this article. You guys can read it for yourself. You get the main point. Uh, that's at thecountersignal.com. Next in the news, from the New York Post, U.S. lawmakers, and I would never use New York Post as a, as a source, but U.S. lawmakers and military experts are cautioning Americans about the risks posed by DNA testing services, you think? Claiming sophisticated weapons could use that information to target individuals. Yeah, it's your DNA. It is the real you of who you are, unmistakable. And everybody that you are associated with, affiliated with. So, yeah, Representative Crow is warning that our enemies could use these DNA tests to, to kill Americans. From ZeroHedge.com, a Missouri sheriff said he told the FBI he won't comply with audits regarding Missouri County's concealed carry permit information. They want to audit his concealed carry processing paperwork. He says, I'm not going to comply. Well, here's another sheriff, because there was another, uh, an ATF attempted raid. The ATF wanted to, this is all over the internet. I, I don't have the story right in front of me. I've read it several times from different sources, but the ATF came without a warrant to inspect uh, the citizens' firearms, firearms ownership. He said, no, as, as far as I know, he didn't comply, but they tried pressuring into pressuring him into letting him inspect his firearms. So this is coming from a Washington state sheriff. Uh, sheriff suggests residents tell the ATF agents conducting warrantless surprise gun inspections to leave. Amen to that. Tell them to walk away without a warrant. You have no business being here. And, uh, you could tell them to leave the property. They are trespassing. They are breaking the law if they do not leave after you tell them to leave. If they try to show up to inspect your firearms without a search warrant. But Klickitat County Sheriff Bob Songer said in a press statement that agents are making a su surprise home visits of persons who have purchased two or more firearms at, at one time. To my knowledge, these ATF visits have not occurred in Washington State yet. So, uh... Anyway, you want to be armed with information and know exactly what to do if this happens. You tell them to get off your property. Uh, he's a constitutional sheriff, too, and he, he proudly calls himself a constitutional sheriff. He says, I believe strongly in the fact that my duty as sheriff is serving the citizens at, 
that put me into office to protect their constitutional rights and liberties. Amen to that. That is the government's fundamental first duty, is to defend the rights of its citizens and to defend its borders. After that, it's uh, making sure commerce happens and so on. So anyway, uh, let's see. A couple of those uh, came from Redoubt News, too, uh, from the Redoubt Report. And I didn't check uh, Redoubt News right before I should have done that. But they've been putting some really great content up. But anyway, we'll go ahead and take a break. We'll come back with segment two. And uh, we're going to talk about cannibalism. First bugs, then cannibalism. They're, they're laying the groundwork. They're normalizing the discussion now. And they have been, actually, for at least five years. But uh, we're gonna, I predict that we're going to start seeing a real uptick in the cannibalism narrative. And I'll explain why when we come back. This is the voice of the American Redoubt. Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pots. www.minutemencoffee.com Hi everyone, this is John Jacob Schmidt, here to tell you about the 299 Days book series by lawyer and author Glenn Tate. Follow him through his real-life story of transitioning from middle-aged, unprepared suburbanite to full-blown prepper, tactical team member, and provider and protector of his family. Then, let Glenn take you on a wild ride through the collapse, community building, resistance against a corrupt system, and the rebirth of a new one. Go to 299days.com to learn more. Radio Free Redoubt, the voice of the American Redoubt. Segment two here brought to you by Selkirk Mountain Real Estate, helping to get patriots like you strategically relocated to the northern part of the Idaho panhandle. And uh, if you haven't made your move yet, well, you're almost out of time. <laughs> but uh, check them out at SelkirkMountainRealEstate.com. Uh, get strategically relocated to uh, conservative strongholds as a relocatee before you attempt to come as a refugee. All right. From the Gateway Pundit, this just came out. Um, we've been tracking this for a while. The globalists and the freaks in the left-wing media are trying to convince people to eat bugs. 
Eating bugs is degrading, and that's why the elitists are pushing them as a sustainable source of protein for the peasants. PBS encouraged people to eat tasty insects to help combat non-existent climate change. So, uh, <laughs> PBS is, is, was uh, advertising edible insects premieres tonight at 7.35 p.m. On their Twitter thing. But bugs aren't good enough. Now listen to this. Uh, This just came out. From USSA News. Pushing bug consumption wasn't enough for New York Times. So now they're pushing cannibalism. What do they mean? Well, uh, this was uh, posted just, oh geez, uh, yesterday. The globalist propaganda machine known as the New York Times outdid itself this weekend with an article and a tweet that hit many nerves. They promoted acceptance of fictional cannibalism while clearly hinting at it becoming a trend in real life. So here's the tweet that they put out. Cannibalism has a time and a place, period. Some recent books, films, and shows suggest that the time is now. Can you stomach it? This is, this is their tweet. Cannibalism has a time and a place. Some recent, but okay, just read that. The article itself is actually even worse. Those who study psychological warfare and brainwashing would recognize the piece is a play to plant seeds of normalizing cannibalism couched in references to fictional acceptance of the same. In other words, they touch the minds of the readers by framing it in a rise of fiction surrounding cannibalism but the intention is to get the reader thinking about it in their own future reality. One might read the article as more than just pushing acceptance of cannibalism. They are romanticizing it. To the vast majority of people out there, this would not have any real effect, but to those who have propensity for experiencing such depravities firsthand, this article could actually unlock some demons. Well, this article goes on. Uh, it was written by uh, J.D. Rucker there uh, at USSA News. And I think it's a pretty good assessment or good response to this Washington Tar- Times article. But this Washington Times article featured one person by one journalist. It was an isolated incident, right? Well, not so fast. Uh, from the Daily Mail.co.uk. Swedish scientist says humans, cannibals, uh, humans, you know, uh, becoming cannibals could help fight climate change. I'm serious. From the Daily Mail, Swedish scientist says humans should become cannibals to fight climate change because eating human flesh is more sustainable than the meat industry. The highlights from that article, Professor Magnus Soderlund claimed people could eat the flesh of dead bodies. He said cannibalism might stop global warming if society weren't uh, were awakened to the idea. And the third bullet point here, the highlights of the article, eating humans could be a more sustainable option than eating insects, he claims. Remember I said they're going to go... Insects, they're going to get you eating bugs, and then they're going to go to cannibalism. 
Now, do you think that is that far out there? Did you guys think that we would see what we're seeing in our culture and our society today two years ago, just two, three years ago? Did you think that we would have men dressed up as women doing pole dances for children and parents bringing their kids to this and books supporting the same thing in all of our libraries and our schools? Did you ever think that we would be sinking to the levels that we're sinking to? And this is not, look, what what we're seeing today was so unthinkable just a few years ago that the unthinkable, what you, where your mind hasn't gone yet, is still to come. So, there was a, there was a, a, seemingly a big push in 2017, five years ago, there were several articles and pieces that came out highlighting cannibalism. Now, a lot of it became because of this guy that wrote a book. His name is Bill Shutt. And so several, uh, several of these articles feature this, this author discussing the prospects of cannibalism. He wrote a book titled Cannibalism. It's perfectly natural. A new scientific history argues. So this guy's interviewing, this guy from NPR is interviewing Bill Shutt, the author of this book. And the guy goes in as well, he says, you know, in human history, it has happened. And there are some animals in the human. He didn't say that it's a good thing. But it's just natural. It just occurs. I mean, it's not for me huh, by any means, but it, is, it does happen, and it is a natural thing that, it, that occurs. So what they're doing is they're coming in kind of low and slow under the radar. They're, they're soft-selling it right now. Right, right now, they are cultivating the ground. They are beginning the narrative. They are starting the discussion and getting the mind's eye of the global citizenry, to start just thinking, just allow that thought to, to even enter your mind, the words, the vocabulary, to just plant there and sit. Then they'll begin cultivating it. Just like they've done with all the grooming and pedophilia and uh, transvestites uh, perform, performing sex shows for children funded by our local cities and libraries. And sadly, now churches are doing it. There are churches now that are ho- that are holding drag queen shows. <clears throat> very, very few. But I've seen 3 so far not in the American redoubt, thank God, but in the United States. This is the d- depravity where our culture is going. There's another one from 2017. Uh, This is an archaeological website called Sapiens. They ran an article, Eating people is wrong, but it's also widespread and sacred. Can transcendence be attained by embracing the strongest taboo of all? Another one, The Atlantic. How cannibalism became taboo, a brief history of a surprisingly common tendency among animals, ancient humans included. 
and uh, basically saying, you know, in this episode, we discover that not only is cannibalism widespread through the natural world, it's also much more common among our own kind than we like to think. Join us in this episode for our Halloween special, The Science and History of Cannibalism. And then, finally, National Geographic. Christians might be offended by your assertion that the Eucharist is effectively cannibalism. Explain what you mean. Now, from the National Geographic, uh, they're, they're interviewing Bill Shutt that wrote that book that I'd mentioned in the, the first uh, article. Cannibalism being uh, common and natural in history. So, that keyed in, I keyed in on that. Christians might be offended by your assertion. So, I'm thinking, okay, help Christians get over this aversion, right? Well... He says, nowadays, the idea is that this, this is the actual flesh uh, of, and, of, and blood of Jesus Christ is, is not taken literally. Like, in history, uh, the Catholics would take the, the, you know, the Eucharist, the drink the wine, the, take the uh, communion, so that when they, when they take it, it actually changes. It becomes actually Christ's blood. And... The bread that you take in the communion actually becomes his flesh. And so, uh, you know, it was, in some sense, an act of cannibalism. So, uh, this, is, this is how those, uh, apparently, what they were discussing is how the plane crash in the Andes with the rugby team in the book and the movie Alive, how one of the ways they rationalized through this it's not right to eat another human being and he, eat another human flesh. And like, yeah, but when we take the communion, uh, the Eucharist, uh, you know, it becomes Christ's blood and, you know, the, the bread becomes his actual flesh. So, you know, where's the line? I mean, if we eat this flesh, it's flesh before it goes into our bodies. What's the difference, is, you know, if it becomes flesh after we eat it or before? So this is just, seriously, these are the discussions that people are having. Now, the, I guess to to put the icing on the cake here, <laughs> um, back in 2011, there was a Dutch TV program that is was similar to uh, like uh, Fear Factor. You know, they'd make him eat all kinds of gross stuff or do weird things, uh, you know, to like truth or dare, but I mean to the the highest level of... It basically turned into a gross contest. And, uh, you know, how gross and vile can you be? But in 2011, in December, the hosts of a Dutch TV program left a bad taste in some viewers' mouths when they cooked and ate human flesh on air last night. Now, this is from the yahoonews.com. The presenters, Dennis Storm and Valerio Zeno, each had small pieces of flesh surgically removed from their buttocks and stomach during taped segments. Then a chef fried the pieces in front of an audience and served them as part of a candlelight dinner. The cannibalism was a pretty brazen ratings stunt, but to be fair, the show is called Guinea Pigs and resembles a sort of cross between Fear Factor and Mythbusters. But the point is, they ate each other's human flesh on live TV for entertainment value. 
That's that's the takeaway. That was 11 years ago. That was 11 years ago prior prior to us falling morally as far as we have now. It's right around the corner, folks. I'm telling you. So anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and close this segment, come back with segment three. I just want to brace yourselves when you start seeing this this stuff coming. Um, brace yourselves. I mean, they're already sneaking cricket flour into food. When are they going to start? <laughs> when are they going to start mixing uh, your uh, your sausage with you know human remains? I, I don't. <laughs> it's this. The evil knows no bounds. All right. So, uh, like I said, stay close to the Lord. We can't go much longer before He, he returns. I'm telling you. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about one-time pads when I get back. And then in segment four, we'll bring on codename segment four, actually a little bit early, because she's going to read the string of uh, the encrypted message for you at the end of uh, segment three coming right up. So stick around. This is the voice of the American Redoubt. minutes from now, a lot of you are going to have a new understanding of communism. Now, let's see if that isn't so. We start with lying. People wonder, how can a communist look you in the eye and tell one barefaced lie after another with a straight face? The way Gromyko did with President Kennedy on Cuba. Well, the explanation is simple. Lying doesn't mean the same thing to a real communist that it means to you and me. We were taught by our communist leaders and ordered to believe that truth is anything that will promote communism. Therefore, nothing is a lie if it helps the party. So the communists use the lie as a weapon, a shield, and a tool. When you keep that in mind, at last you begin to understand them. When a smiling Khrushchev says uh, the Russians and Cuba are technicians and farm helpers, well, you can suspect there are soldiers, too. And when he says only defensive weapons were sent, well, you can suspect there are also intercontinental missiles and bombers. And when he says now they removed them all, well, what do you think? Since it is their sworn duty to tell us whatever will best serve their cause, we should always suspect they are lying. Lying is one of their best tools for playing dirty. Dirty, mean, despicable, ruthless. Are you prepared to defend yourself in the dark? A weapon light helps you identify and even deter threats in low light. But it can be difficult to find a secure and comfortable holster. At Works, we design and build holsters for Glock and six-hour pistols with lights. Our precision fit holsters will help you carry with confidence so you're ready to defend yourself day and night. Go to worksholsters.com. Find your gun and light in our holster finder, select your preferred carry style, and order your holster today. Welcome back. This is segment three of Radio Free Redoubt tonight, episode 22-25. Are we going to switch gears here a little bit and uh, discuss communications? 
Uh, right now, we've, we are at AMCON 4. This is the Amron Readiness Condition Level 4. We lowered that this week. Uh, we're continuing to assess. We may have some uh, signals intelligence opportunities coming up with uh, Russia, China, Iran uh, doing joint operations in Venezuela. So uh, you never know what you might pick up on HF and... Uh, who knows what type of standardization they have with their communications. So I'm not so sure we can really expect, based on uh, Russia's performance in Ukraine, uh, how much uh, is going to be encrypted or secured. But And we have no idea how much they, they will end up actually using HF. They'll probably use encrypted satellite communications uh, quite a bit. And VHF, UHF, you know, in that region in Venezuela. But... Uh, could provide an opportunity to do some monitoring. So, all right. Last week, uh, several of... Uh, well, last week I mentioned uh, that we were going to do a one-time pad practical exercise. Uh, we are going to put out a string of numbers, which is an encrypted message for you to decrypt and uh, send in the answer to me to radiofreeredoubt.com. And I'll talk about that in just more in a minute. Uh, several folks have said, man, can we start doing more one-time pad stuff? Uh, S2 Underground put out a video on doing one-time pads recently. And we've got a bunch of material on the website at radiofreeredoubt.com and amron.com. And this is something that we've been doing for 10 years, uh, putting out encoded messages, on the podcast, we don't do it over amateur radio, of course, because it's not legal to put out encrypted uh, transmissions over amateur radio. But uh, we we still believe that it's a valuable skill to have if you ever forced into a situation where you must send critical life-saving information and it must be kept secure. Now, there are plenty of ways to do that, but we've been experimenting with one-time pads for a long time. It's a way for you to have full absolute control over unbreakable encryption if you do it properly. So uh, uh, I'm going to do something that you would not normally do. Uh, I'm going to refer you to a one-time pad that you will use for decrypting this. And that one-time pad is posted on the website at radiofreeredoubt.com. You would not ever do that in real world. This is only for training purposes. All right, so the first thing that I would do is refer you to the website, radiofreeredoubt.com. And uh, in the right-hand side, in the upper right-hand side, you'll see a little search, a little magnifying glass. Let's click on that. That's the search, the open up the search box and type in one-time pad. And you'll see several articles there, but the one you want to uh, pay the most attention to is the one titled One Time Pads, Unbreakable Encryption and Old School Tool. Now, I referred to this last week to help give you a jump start so you can go there and uh, start familiarizing yourself with that. Uh, when you open that page up, you'll see uh, several resources there. And you'll, you'll also, before you click on that from the search dialog, you'll see several years worth of uh, the Christmas One Time Pad uh, BB gun, Red Rider BB gun giveaway that we do for kids 18 and under every Christmas. We give away a Red Rider BB gun with a compass in the stock, and it's the, the Christmas story 
collector edition model from the Daisy Museum. And uh, so we've had several contests, uh, well, every year for, I don't know, maybe eight years now. And uh, you can go and you know see the results of that. But when you look at the one-time pads unbreakable encryption posting, it was uh, put up, in, I think the latest one was put up in 2017. It's all still relevant. You'll see uh, links to three PDFs. And one is just called One-Time Pads. It's the complete guide by uh, the mathematician Dirk uh, Rizmanentz. And uh, really awesome. Very thorough. It's comprehensive. Uh, but then we have the One-Time Pad, a simplified exercise by JJS. It step, walks you through step-by-step how to encrypt and decrypt a message. And there's a training message there. Now, the third one, which is really important, which is what will be relevant for you tonight, for all of you who don't already have it, because a lot of our listeners and our Amron members have downloaded this for years ago and still have it. It's called the Tree Series One-Time Pads. It's for training purposes only because it's posted on a website. You would not normally ever do that. You would normally produce your one-time pad on an air-gapped computer if you're going to use a computer. There are several ways that you can produce random numbers to make a one-time pad. But you would deliver that by courier, you know, encrypted, and by courier, preferably, and, uh, you know, not ever let it touch the internet. But... For training purposes, we have a series of one-time pads that we can use. And to determine which one to use for encrypting or decrypting, we will uh, indicate that by the name of a tree. There's palm tree, there's pine tree, there's oak tree, money tree, and all these different tree names. And that's how you know which one-time pad to use. So you'll hear a message tonight that will direct you to which one-time pad to use. And then the numbers in that one-time pad will be used to decrypt over this coming week to decrypt the message and email it into me. Uh, if you're in Amron, you can just send it to johnjacob at amron.com. Uh, or otherwise, you can send it to johnjacob at radiofreeredoubt.com. It doesn't matter. Uh, both come to the same place. But... Your instructions are to decrypt the message and then send an email to me with the uh, the name of who said this. You're going to find an encrypted quote. You're going to decrypt the message and you'll find a quote that was said by someone. And your job is to, your mission, is to send to me by email the name of the person who said that quote. You can do an internet search and find out, you could put the name of that, uh, or you could put that quote in an internet search and uh, easily discover who it was that said that. Send that name to me in an email. So, uh, all of the training materials that you need are in that posting in PDFs that I strongly recommend set up a binder a binder for one-time pads. And when you read that Dirk uh, Rijmanent's uh, PDF document on the complete guide for one-time pads, you'll have everything that you need, plus the simplified exercise by JJS, to actually practice with it, learn about it, and then uh, 
refer to that tree series one-time set of one-time pads to decrypt it. Now we actually put a real one-time pad encrypted message uh, in the Partisan Operator Journals, Volume 1, and it was that uh, one-time pad to decrypt it was posted on the Amron Core forum. That's available only, it's password protected, only available to Amron Core members. And they were actually able to decrypt the message that was in that story printed in the book. But many of you are familiar with the Going Home series by A. American. And uh, we collaborated on that. He contacted me and said he'd like to put some encrypted messages uh, in some one-time pad numbers, uh, strings of numbers in his story in the book. But he said, I don't want it to just be random numbers that I made up. I want it to be a real message. So I worked up three messages for him to insert in that series of books, the Going Home book series. And uh, when that first, when the first book came out, we had Amron operators and listeners who were familiar, as they were reading this story, they knew something seemed very familiar to them as they were reading this. And they went, hmm, I wonder. And uh, they went and they got out their one-time pad, the Tree Series one-time pad set, and uh, actually decrypted the messages and emailed A American and, and me. So I still get emails occasionally from someone that said, I can't believe this is an actual real message. I was reading this book. And I remember something about tree, tree series, names of trees. And so I went and looked, and sure enough, it's, it's a real message. So yet, yes, it is. But uh, we'll, we're going to be doing more of this uh, back by popular demand, one-time pad messages. So, uh, And also, before we get to the numbers that uh, Lady Liberty is going to read to you, uh, T-Rex will also include the T-Rex Teotihuacan readiness exercise coming up in September 9th, 10th, and 11th, uh, one of the messages that will be put out over the air will be the distribution of a one-time pad. Now, that won't be an encrypted message. That will be There will be an encrypted message posted at amron.com. To decrypt that, you have to use the one-time pad that we're going to send out over the air. So it's kind of reverse because we can't send encrypted messages over the air on amateur radio. So we'll send you the key, and anybody receiving that could go to the website, get that encrypted message, and use the the one-time pad we'll be distributing over the air to go and decrypt that, and we'll be having a drawing and giving away some prizes. So that'll be pretty cool. All right, so without further ado, I know you guys have been practicing this week. If not, you'll have time to get caught up. Go to RadioFreeRedoubt.com and just type in one-time pads in the search box See multiple articles there with uh, practice exercises included. And uh, I expect to be, make sure you get them in by this time next Sunday, next Sunday evening. Uh, matter of fact, next Saturday evening, so that we can uh, do a little after action review uh, on next week's Sunday evening podcast. So uh, with that, I'll get Lady Liberty in the studio situated. She's got the one-time pad secret encrypted message and the numbers string to read to you all. So get your pen and paper ready. Hopefully you already have. If you're listening to the podcast version, you can just hit pause, go get your pen and paper, and be prepared to copy.
Oh, before I do, uh, while she's getting situated, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, and this is why this is important. Uh, there's an article that just came out, arstechnica.com. And uh, actually, it didn't just come out. It was uh, back in like 2013, I believe. But uh, there was a encrypted email service that was called LavaBit. Uh, Ledar Levison took 10 years to build his company, and he's 32, making that most of his adult life. So when he shut down his encrypted email service, LavaBit, without warning last week, it was like putting a beloved pet to sleep. He says, I was faced with the choice of watching it suffer or putting it to sleep quietly. It was very difficult, he told Democracy Now. I had to pick between the lesser of two evils. What was that other choice? Well, unfortunately, I can't talk about that, Levison said during the interview. He said, uh, he can't talk about that. He said, I would like to, believe me, I think that if the American people knew what our government was doing, they wouldn't be allowed to do it anymore. My hope is that the media can uncover what's going on without my assistance and pressure Congress, he said. Together with LavaBit's own efforts working through the court system, he hopes it can put a cap on what the government is entitled to in terms of our private communications. So uh, the more and more of these email, I mean, we do use secure private email services. Many of you use ProtonMail. I have a ProtonMail account as well, but you are relying on somebody else that could have a government raid and seize their servers or shut them down and give them a gag order where they can't talk about why or what, and you lose your encryption capability. So one-time pads is, is your own ability to have encryption outside the control of anyone else. There's nobody else in your supply chain that can disrupt it. Uh, it'd be like if they banned Bic lighters. Well, great. They, they went to BIC and uh, shut their factory down and seized all their lighters. You've got a magnifying glass. You've got uh, flint and steel. You've got magnesium fire starting tools. I mean, there's, you, need to be, you need to be able to produce your own fire if BIC gets shut down and their stuff confiscated. This is the same thing with encryption. You need to have the ability to uh, produce your own encryption with those people that you trust in your circles so you can communicate, even if these encryption services are shut down. So, without further ado, Lady Liberty, good evening. Well, good evening. Uh, we've got some uh, numbers here for you to read. All right. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. I know that the many of the listeners are also looking forward to that. Without further ado... I will just let you go ahead and read this number string, and then we'll go ahead and close out this segment. So good evening, patriots. The south wind bends the willow, but the willow does not break. Six, zero, two, zero, three. Five, three, nine, two, seven. Zero, eight, zero, Two six Four two five 
four nine seven six four eight seven two eight six two eight one six zero zero two eight two zero eight four five seven zero zero nine seven seven Greetings, Patriots. This is Chris Walsh, broker at Revolutionary Realty, located in the heart of America's Great Redoubt, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I sell land and backwoods cabins to America's Patriots every day. Creeks, springs, timber, and game good survivable property without natural disasters. The state of Idaho has a balanced budget, and our people believe deeply in the Second Amendment. Call me today at 208-667-1776, or visit me online at www.revrealty.us. I'll be glad to serve you, and God bless America. All right, winding things down here with the fourth and final segment of Radio Free Redoubt, episode 22-26. I may have been saying episode 22-25 for the, uh, the, the whole show, but this is 22-26 for certain and for sure. And we've got uh, code name segment four here, Lady Liberty in the studio. Good evening. Good evening, and good evening, everyone out there. We certainly are covering the most bizarre topics I never expected to cover in my whole life. <laughs> yeah. In, in fact, there's stuff, there there were things that I took out of the show. Yes. Because they are so grotesque that even though it was but on... Even N- saying them. It yeah. was on NPR. Right. And what they were saying in an interview from... Uh, it's just so repulsive. You know, we got family, we got kids, family listening, and that's right. We're pretty edgy, but there's also there's just we we get the picture that there's some stuff that's so vile out there, and uh, you don't have to you know, describe right. It. We're edgy, but only because of how much truth we're willing to tell without going over the edge. You know what I right. mean? Like like how much truth do you really need to tell about? Like, say, an individual's raped. You don't go into graphic details just because it's true, right? right yeah. And there's there's a level of, of decency that but, you must maintain, regardless of how true those things are. Sometimes all you have to say is drag queen dancing in front of a bunch of kids. You don't have to explain, nope. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just right. already vile enough just on its own. Right. And, of course, the most repulsive of, of what you had mentioned was this whole uh, pathetic a new venture with cannibalism because it's it's strictly about shock value and destroying the nation from within right. and and that's truly how how the devil works it's it's step by step boiling the frog and how much worse it can get in the next step and people kind of also i have to warn you all about that people tend to get addicted to that they want to see What's next that's worse, that's more shocking? What's even more shocking? The extreme, right? Well, it's like these gross shows. It's yes. a gross contest. I mean, they always start off in season one with, you know, will you eat a worm? You yeah, know, right, right. and then by by the time they're done, they're so way out there doing the most vile and gross things. Uh, they're always trying to trying to outdo themselves. That's and it's right. just, it's just gets vile. 
It is. And, you know, so this this whole subject on cannibalism, can I just point out some things that most people don't know? And uh, the the largest example of cannibalism that we've ever seen was Mad Cow. And yeah, a lot of Mad people Cow's associated with it. Um, what people don't know about Mad Cow, uh, because the media lies to them and wants to hype that you know part of the food supply, especially cows, uh, has has some disease and it must be contagious and and transferable to humans. Well, that's not the case because what happens in Mad Cow is something that livestock owners are not aware of. Dairymen need to feed their cows calcium supplements. A lot because, well, obviously they're milk cows, right? And so they need those supplements. Well, the dumb part of all of that was that these calcium supplements that they were using were actually ground up powdered cow bones. And so the way that God has designed nature prevents every animal from being a cannibal because what happens in, in when any species eats their own, it they develop something called kuru. Yes. And a kuru is is well, it's 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 a it's something that deteriorates the brain. That's right. And so and it causes uh well I could just I could just read all of the specifics for you right here so that you understand that the same thing that happens when you see mad cow is the same thing that would happen if a human ate another human, even small parts. Right. Even a little bit. Right. So it says here, as a result of cannibalism the aggressor, meaning the person that would be eating the other person, may receive a brain degenerative disease called kuru. Kuru directly affects the brain, especially the, cere- the cerebellum. Yes. I'm so glad you're hitting on this because I have this in my show notes for segment two. I, didn't, I did not get to kuru. Uh, right. I was doing some research on you know the Papua New Guinea tribes that right. were yep, eating exactly, themselves yeah. and uh they also had the mad cow thing. disease too um yeah it's all it's all the same thing it doesn't matter what species it is it would be if if a human ate a human it would be a mad human disease if a cow right. eats a cow it's mad cow if anything so well, the, and, the, and cer- the, the cerebellum uh what happens actually very specifically is the cerebellum which is located at the top of the brain stem and it's where the the two hemispheres of the brain meet the cerebellum receives the information from the spinal cord and the other parts of the brain that regulate motor function. So right. like you may have seen videos of these mad cows that, that are stumbling and they can't get into, they can't load them into the trailers because they, 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 they have no motor function. Right. And so if the cerebellum were to be destroyed or infected in any way, uh, motor function and speech would be affected dramatically. The cerebellum consists of a posterior lobe, anterior lobe, vermis, uh, well, all sorts of you know the very very specific detailed parts. I won't I won't bore you with all of those, but what happens is is kuru doesn't immediately kill or affect its host, but it will slowly infect the whole brain and it, you yes. know starting with the base of the brain at the cerebellum, uh, and through the transmission of prions, kuru begins to eat away at the brain, resulting in death. Prions are peptides or proteins that assume a particular conformation, meaning once a human consumes another human, the prions in the body become infected and eventually change their shape and function. Right. This also occurs in diseases such as mad cow and Alzheimer's. And yes. so, so that right there, I mean, <laughs> as if 
people really need to be told not to do that. And and this this hideous, insane, Nature, globalist, yeah, uh, shock. Nature shocker, tells right? you not to do that. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's the scary part because um, the oh, and I need to clarify too. Uh, the, the Christians do not believe that eating uh, the the Eucharist or taking communion when you eat the bread and drink the wine. We do not believe that turns into blood right. or, or his flesh. <laughs> right. Absolutely not. That that would totally go against God's nature. That would yep. be uh, that was that was not, not allegorical. There's an, another more accurate word for it, but he, he was. Uh, it's just meant to be symbolic. It, it, it is. It's symbolic. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned that, and the way I read it almost made it sound like I was reading their article. I wasn't saying that that's what we believe. It almost sounded like that. So, uh, but yeah, th- this. You know, the, the scary part, though, with this manufactured COVID, right, the, then they created a vaccine, which is actually killing, like 90% of the deaths now uh, are triple vaxxed. UK reports are showing it. More and more data is, is, is showing that. What they found with this Papua New Guinea tribe is that even though they got rid of cannibalism because they found out how horrible it was, right. scientists have discovered they've built up antibodies to Ruku and Kuru. Kuru, thank you. Kuru, mad cow, and they said even possibly Alzheimer's. So you watch, they're going to start playing God. They're going to start working with these folded proteins, and that'll be the next vaccine because once they talk people to go from bugs to eating humans, then they get sick. Oh, big fat surprise. Oh, now we need to give you antibodies that we discovered in these Papua New Guinea uh, tribes. So, so. We'll get rid of Alzheimer's. We'll get rid of Kuru. Right, and, and beware there also, because it says here that uh, what maybe they're not aware of is that often Kuru causes a, a very quick death. However, it says that uh, in, in reference to the Papua New Guinea tribes, it says... Despite the fact that they no longer ate other humans, tribe members continued to die for about 10 years after the fact, yes. since the symptoms and effects of Kuru can take so long to discover. Right. And so so they might be you know, having this short-term idea of, well, yeah, we'll, we'll use this, in fact, as a, as a stealth weapon to go in and... and cause Kuru and everybody if they if they believe that it will you know actually fix Alzheimer's you know exactly. what a, it's 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 awful and and yet it says well, that it, it can him. it can take as long as 10 years for that person yep. to die of that so so what they'll do to for depop it would be a perfect depopulation tool right uh, even if they they could they'll sell it to the masses and they'll they'll put it in food supplies or give you antibodies. They'll tell you it's antibodies. Right. And then everybody starts developing Kuru, and then they go, "Oops, this was a bad idea." Then ten years of people dying from it. That's right. And it's called the laughing death epidemic because people usually right at the end when they and they always die from it. Yep. You don't recover. You don't get it. And then oh, that was a close one. Right. Uh, you die from it. And uh, they go out historic hysterically laughing. Um, yeah, is it is bizarre. one of the key well yeah because it eats your brain away indicators there's yeah it, it more or less makes your brain uh perfectly not well uh, not able to function at all right and so there's not much left to you at that point right before you die yeah. so wow bizarre 
No kidding. Well, that wasn't the content that you wanted to bring up, but thanks for, thanks for adding that to that because you covered mad cow disease quite a bit in, my in, book. in your book, Sustainable yep. Development, right? Uh, and what it was doing to the cows. They were creating the the. The crisis, right? And they were they were trying to pass it off, of course, in a lie again as a communicable disease to humans, and and they used it as the vehicle to go ahead and slaughter most of the UK's cows. Yeah, and in fact, uh, they would go in one farm after another and and kill. Uh, an entire an entire herd of cows and just stack them up 35 feet high light them on fire and burn them and apparently when they did that 24 farmers committed suicide within a week of that because it had been their whole life it had been you know their whole tradition of like five generations of their family to have these yeah. cows and that cow farm and that they had inherited and there they just uh, had to sit sit there and watch all of their cows killed right in front of them for for a lie yeah. For a lie, saying that mad cow was actually some contagious disease when it all it was was something that they were feeding right. to those cows that was cow, cows themselves. Well, we all know who really should have been stacked up and burned in a pile. Yeah, right. But um, and they're, they're the same people are there. I mean, they're the... And they're, they're the same people here now. They're regenerating. They it's it's about food control and gaining control over the entire food supply. Right. Still. Yep. And and they'll say and do whatever they can in order to try to gain that control, as we've already seen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, so well, so, so <laughs> let's get to the topic that you uh, had researched and wanted to cover. Well, of course, that topic is you, you've well researched that as well. But. Uh, well, and and so there's you know the Canadian. Farmers apparently are are the next on the list for the globalists takedown, and it says here that they're easy prey. Uh, well, yes, they think they think that city people. I know this for a fact because I have I have that in a quote in my book as well. Uh, departments like EPA, uh, Department of Ecology, mm-hmm. they think farmers are stupid, and right. so that they so they can go and take advantage of them at will. And they've even said that. Well, because they don't have fancy boardrooms and offices. Right. And so, they're, so therefore, they must be stupid. Right. Well, however, boy, uh, don't they have something to learn because the farmers I know are extremely intelligent and yep. very, very capable. And, well, look at Holland. Look at, look at all the farmers and how they're exactly. fighting back in the EU Italy. right now. Do any of yep. them have tanks? No. They've got tractors and they're That's very, right. very resourceful. <laughs> yeah. India, Italy, Netherlands. Poland. Poland, it, yeah. yep, and yeah, uh, gosh, and so, so what we have here is Canada is next on their list. It says Canada has implemented new restrictions on agriculture under the banner of fighting climate change, and of course, the farmers argue this would be similar to the same fertilizer ban implemented in the Netherlands, which is predicted to force many farms out of business, of course, and similar to the Netherlands, protests in Canada are already brewing. So. That's no surprise, is it? Hey, uh, I didn't mention in the news and commentary, Sri Lanka, one of the things that led to their fall was the, the banning of fertilizers. Yep, right. And so they were trying to use you know, manure from, from uh, agricultural animals, and it couldn't keep up with the demand, what they needed to produce. And uh, they, they cut it off, all for, all for this awesome you know, government social economic score, and uh, just annihilated them. And so they're the first, like I've been saying, since day one, as soon as I saw that country go down in flames, 
I said, that right there is our canary in the coal mine for the rest of the world. Right, exactly. And see, that's nothing new either because uh, I'll just pull out my book and look at the the globalists' unsustainable list. I mean, this is their... This is their caught your red-handed yep. list, right? Where they don't want they don't want anything that is related to ag to be available. They they consider all of that unsustainable. So so it says here, modern farm productions, modern farm production systems on page seven twenty eight of their global biodiversity assessment report is unsustainable. Chemical fertilizers mm-hmm. is unsustainable. Herbicides, unsustainable. And everything that basically makes farming doable and, and productive. In yep. a, first, Gosh, first of all, every farmer knows it is not easy to make a living farming anymore. I right. mean, it used to be way easier than it is now. But once the government got involved with all the subsidies and, and trying to communize everything, right. uh, that's when everything started you know, kind of going upended. And, and they what had, they have planned for the future is yeah. just atrocious. They need to all just go away. The United Nations needs to be dismantled. Yep. Everybody in Washington, D.C. needs to go. Right. And get out of the people's lives because uh, we need to get back to prosperity. We need know? to get back to being American, not right. globalists. Exactly. And, uh, and, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that was what we've had up until that intrusion of the United Nations in 1945 yep. when suddenly suddenly we gave them their own residence here in our own nation right there in Manhattan. And now we're exporting it because this regime is now funding grants for teaching atheism and humanism abroad in other countries. They're focusing on South America and Asia and Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah, at our expense. So there goes the spirit of the Lord, and so there goes liberty. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, unless we stand up and fight, right? So. Or unless the Lord comes back and it's all supposed to burn right on schedule. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. The Lord has the full scope and he has us all in his hand. So, yep. you know, but but needless to say, we still need to do our part to stand up for him because we we are the ones that are to give glory to God right. and be the shining beacon on the hill. That's right. So, that's right. well, the other thing that I really wanted to uh, put a little bit of attention on was this whole thing that is going on between between Texas, Washington, D.C., and Florida, and, and FEMA, right? Okay, so I've got this article that was very entertaining, I thought. It's called, FEMA official says, illegal immigrants bust from Texas to D.C. will be put on a train to Miami, as an email <laughs> out of FEMA out of FEMA shows. And so, wow, what are all of the dynamics that happened there? They sent My. out a female? <laughs> yes. A, a, female, a FEMA email? A FEMA email. <laughs> wow. And, and so, first of all, okay, so we all know that Governor Greg Abbott out of Texas, he mm-hmm. threatened, he said, since, since the whole Biden regime, he even said that, he said the Biden regime, since it is non-responsive about this huge border invasion that everybody that is that they catch that's an illegal alien they're going to bust them straight to washington dc so they can actually see what's going on right up there close and personal and so they've been doing that they've been they've been busing them straight to washington dc and then it turns out that the washington dc mayor starts saying hey 
we don't like this. We don't right. want all. We don't want all these illegals here. <laughs> they, you know, wh- why do we have to have them? Right. Well, gosh, maybe it's because the left is the one that ordered them to be here. That's right? right. And they love them so much. Let them take care of them in their own front yard. They right? ought to dump them right in the White House lawn. Exactly. And so, so while she's saying we don't like this, FEMA apparently comes up with this great idea in an email to then ship them by train down to Florida, down to Miami. Wow. With without any without any permission from the governor, without anything, they were just going to do that. And in fact, that email was only found through uh, a Freedom of Information Act request regarding its response to the Texas governor uh, and his initiative to bust the illegal immigrants apprehended at the nation's southern border to the nation's capital. And so, so they were trying to hide this email, and they didn't want to give it up, so... They only gave it up because of this this FOIA, and sure enough, that was their plan. It was kind of like the liberals' idea that they were going. This was going to be the smack to their their most hated governor of all now, who yep. is Governor Ron DeSantis, and and they thought they would be smart by just sending them all down to his state. And well, the best so part. So what is he saying about the it? The best part is that Governor DeSantis is going to have none of it, right? And he says. He says, uh, um, well, when asked about their travel plans, he said that he warned the illegal immigrants not to try to come to the Sunshine State where they wouldn't be welcomed. To those who, who have entered the country illegally, fair warning, do not come to Florida. Life will not be easy for you because we are obligated to uphold the immigration laws of this country, even if our federal government and other states won't. And so then he went on to say, Florida is not a sanctuary state, and our social programs are designed to serve the citizens of our state. The governor will protect the sovereignty of the state of Florida. And so, well, just that's fantastic. He is he's responding the right way. I do have to wonder, why don't they just ship them back? Or why don't they just take them back across the border and tell them go home exactly go back home you made your way that far you can make your way back exactly and yep. and so you know that's um i'm just <laughs> you talk about some some games being played here these people in dc all need to be arrested they do i mean they're all behaving just, illegally yeah every absolutely. last one of them oh my goodness well thank you for sharing that i think I'm just well. I'm just glad to. First of all, I'm just glad to see Governor Abbott do something like like shipping them right to Washington oh, yeah. in the first place. And watch the demo communists squirm when they start arriving with busloads in in D.C. Yeah, that's right. Right, where they're not going to be able to just pretend like they're all everything is so great and they're all our friends. And you know that's not the true face value of it. Right. Wow. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Let you say goodnight to the crowd and uh, we'll sign off. That's right, everyone. Thank you for joining us this evening. And just remember, the joy does not come from this world, but our joy comes from the Lord. So keep looking up. That's right. Okay, guys, you have a blessed, safe week. And uh, join us every every, every weekday morning 
at 7 a.m. for the morning commute with JJS and Lady Liberty. And otherwise, we'll talk to you next Sunday right here at Radio Free Redoubt, the voice of the American Redoubt. Good night. <laughs>